1: Hey listeners, it's Jinners from the Mixtape Memories podcast here to tell you about something positive. Sex positive, in fact. If you're like me, by now you've probably got a lot of time on your hands and are desperately seeking some form of pleasure or a stimulus. Well, I've got this awesome offer for you from our lovely sponsor, AdamandEve.com. Right now, you can select almost any one item for 50% off at adamandeve.com. But, wait, on top of all that, you will also get some awesome free stuff to spice up your bedroom. Enter the code MIXTAPE, that's M-I-X-T-A-P-E, MIXTAPE at checkout and get 10 free gifts. A few special sexy items, plus six spicy movies, and you got a whole evening ahead of you and also free shipping can't forget that get yourself a gift or surprise your partner or partners as it may be with a gift and uh, don't forget to put together a special mixtape playlist to set the right mood Shoe gaze, perhaps the offer code again is mixtape m-i-x-t-a-p-e mixtape at adamandeve.com Hello, and welcome to Mixtape Memories. Woo, this is episode
2: (laughs) six of season two.
1: Yeah, and uh, this is Jenner's. Uh, I'm Matt Hart-Spade. And today we have Micah Weisberg. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah.
3: Excited to be here.
1: I know, I'm excited to get to know you, because you and Matt have known each other for a
2: while. Yeah, I was trying to think um, what year it was that we met. Uh, I didn't do all the homework, but I want to say it was like around, oh eight, oh nine,
3: somewhere around there. Because yeah. our old friend Facebook told me literally this week that it was ten years since we friended each other. Oh, <laughs> so that doesn't necessarily mean that was right. the first meeting, but so, so ten plus years when we, we made it each official. <laughs> yes, exactly.
2: And the first time we met. You recall better than I do, but I it was at one of these like so this I did that no longer exists, right?
3: Go back through the memories here. So you remember this bar, Angels and Kings, which Mm -hmm. at the time it was was, a Pete Wentz affiliate, it was Pete Wentz from Fallout Boy, (laughs) and and it was like the hot new club. I feel like uh, what's his face on SNL would do a segment on it, (laughs) Stefan, Uh uh but uh. Remember, and it was like him and all the cool emo band singers at the time. They mm-hmm. like all went in on it, mm-hmm. the venture mm-hmm. together. But more so, I was following uh, the music slut, mm-hmm. which was your blog at the time. Mm-hmm. I got all my local news. I don't know how I discovered it. Probably through another aggregator. But
2: I feel like Hype Machine was. The we were always very high on yeah, Hype Machine. Yeah, Hype Machine definitely.
1: Everyone read Music Slut. I feel like. So it ha- we had I had a moment. Yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> no, yeah. you guys were like. You, you were Very one of the top local blogs for a long Very. time.
1: yeah.
2: And I think uh, we were hosting some sort of like uh, meet meet fellow blogger type event.
3: Yeah, yeah. I, maybe it was like an anniversary or something of your something. site or something. Yeah. But I was like, oh, this would be great. Uh, I'll go check out this club, but I'll also try and meet these bloggers that I love their site. And maybe since I was in uh, video production, I was like, oh, maybe I can – pitch him some ideas, some, uh, you know, features or something. And then I got there and it was packed and I was trying to squeeze through the bar. And they I,
2: weren't all music club people. I think there were some people that just wanted to seek out Pete Wentz. They were wouldn't. all there for you,
3: <laughs> <that too. laughs> I don't know about that. They were all there for you. Anyway, so then <laughs> I forget who I talked to first, probably your partner mm-hmm. uh, on the side at the time. And then she was like, oh, you have to meet my uh, partner, Matt and then it's like, this is great, mm-hmm. he's so nice, and then the rest was history. We started doing uh, video Yeah, pretty shortly features. after that,
2: we started doing video features for the site. Oh, um,
1: cool. So you guys worked together on that? Yeah,
2: like these little short vignette-type, things we did some good ones yeah we were on youtube before youtube
3: was like the
0: (laughs) go-to for everything
1: was that the adam green like yep yeah
3: that one was awesome we did it in so we tried to do these interviews in like unusual settings Mm -hmm. to try and just put a little twist on it so adams was at webster hall but we were like let's do you maybe you pitch him like do you want to just like go in the bathroom stall or something i definitely didn't suggest it i think he suggested (laughs) yeah yeah Okay. Regardless, yeah, we, yeah. we wound up,
2: up there in the handicapped stall. That's yeah. right,
3: <laughs> and which was large enough for three people and a camera. And uh, it was a great interview. I think he was, like, posing on top of the – toilet or something being all (laughs) cheesy
2: we had a whole moldy peaches multiple multi moldy peaches moments in the first season yeah
1: yeah Yeah.
3: and uh man we had a lot of good ones remember uh we are scientists at their their apartment apartment, williamsburg (laughs) which Uh, was across from uh main drag did they all live together i think it was maybe keith it was just keith yeah but
1: at
2: that point it was only two of them left i think
3: well, it's always kind of been just the two of oh, them. Oh, okay. But yeah, right. They had the drummer on the first record. Yeah, that's right. Regardless, I was they like, did an acoustic set for us, on their I was like, "This is yeah. so cool! They're playing for us in the living room." Yeah, like that's
1: exclusive. pretty advanced for blog back then. Mm-hmm. I feel like uh-huh. you know, like that's pretty impressive. I'm impressed. It's it not was really just fun. Like, film it on your phone and like. No, you know.
2: no, it was the real deal, which yeah. was really exciting um, yeah. for me because. I didn't have video content before that. Now I had original video content that was, like, well-edited, and I was like, this is cool, you know? Right,
3: and Matt gave me access to, like, this whole other corner of the indie music scene that I had just been discovering only on the blog up until mm. that point. So
2: we also uh, interviewed Kate Nash when she was the shit back That's in, Right, like, I
3: o- forgot about
2: that one. She was on cool. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and then I think for me the p- one of the favorite ones that we did together was when we worked with Sandalurke. Um totally. it was like the middle of winter and we recorded an acoustic session in McCarran Park. Um in front
3: of a giant tree. Yeah. Oh
2: yeah. my gosh. And he was so nice. He's so nice. He I But that was you so charming. <laughs> He's I still keep in touch with him because when I was um interning at a record label back in the day, um, I was like on the intern marketing team for his debut here. Called Faces Down, so I've known him through the years, and it's—I don't know—it's kind of nice. He's also like the exact same age as me, so I feel like mm. I've kind of grown with him. He's in LA now, but yeah, is he's a he good guy. Putting out records still. You know, it's funny to say that because he just tweeted something uh, as of the day we're recording this, and um, I think he's announcing a new album tomorrow. Oh, he cool! Teased it. Yeah.
3: That's good to know. He's yeah. still doing it. Still doing That's it. That's great. I mean,
2: he's, he's huge unique. M- yeah, he you is. Know? Mm-hmm. He also has a gigantic following in those Scandinavian countries. Yeah, you know.
1: I, like, first saw him when he opened up for, like, Regina Specter and yeah. it was like, um, I was like, who is this guy? He's really, um, I don't know, I just found him really charming, mm-hmm. I guess, and I think that's why I like the music.
2: Yeah. I mean, he's a good-looking guy, too. I remember the early shows, it would like, the first three rows would always be girls, like, but fawning over in him. A way, <laughs> in a boyish way. In a boyish way. Not, like, a man way. Oh, no, no, know? no, in a boyish way. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> It wasn't really my type, but like Yeah. Yeah, he's t- super cute. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: um, so yeah, that was when we first uh started getting to know each other and hanging out. Yeah. And then um do you wanna talk about all the bands you've been in through the years? Well, I mean there're a few.
3: There's a few. I yeah. mean, don't have to name them by name yeah. per se. Yeah. But uh, you know, I was in four bands over the past 14 years, mm-hmm. everything from pop rock to indie garage to punk. So, mm-hmm. uh, got to sample it all, played at different kinds of venues.
2: You played at pretty almost every venue locally that's, you know, 500 pretty and under m- cap, right? Pretty much. Yeah. I
3: mean, uh, yeah, and and some that exist still and some that I've long gone. So, um, but uh, I'll always remember playing at um, Glasslands, though. Mm-hmm. In Williamsburg, because that was I thought that was like mini making it at the time, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. such a tastemaker spot. Mm-hmm. Was that
1: when Pop Gun was booking it? Yeah,
3: yeah. I think yep. so. Yep. Mm-hmm. Also, I just remembered what was the one um, around the uh, back on North Sixth. Cam- no, DBA. Cameo Gallery. Cameo. Oh, I cameo. I just remembered that one too. Yeah, I liked so, cameo. like Cameo. All these great venues were like right in that sort of like off of Bedford. But it was still a little sketchy around there. Not as many, you know, housing, de- condo developments and stuff. It's Studio B. Of course, yeah. One of our favorites. Yeah.
2: One day we'll do a whole episode on Studio B, I feel. I had a lot of messy nights there.
3: Lots of fun memories yeah. there. <laughs> Waiting in the rain for like CSS or something. Yep.
1: Oh, right. They played there too. Yep. Yeah. yeah.
2: I saw Crystal Castles there, Patrick Wolf, Yeah.
3: Yeah, but yeah. Glass Plans, that was, that was a near perfect. DIY venue I mm-hmm. would because it catered to major touring acts but also really supported the local scene. Yep. You could see your friends play there, you could see giant bands mm-hmm. play there after parties there. Mm-hmm. They uh it was like it was like um super makeshift stage that you felt like it was gonna collapse at any <laughs> yeah. For sure. Uh, and then they had that weird upstairs like it
1: yeah. uh, never felt safe, to me. right? Yeah. Like it all felt like it was <laughs> about to collapse at
3: any point, but
1: But that was the joy of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It you know? was like
3: they, they put it together with like spit and like twigs and it
2: literally felt like that. Yeah, yeah.
3: but it just so many great memories there and uh, I
2: loved the clouds too,
3: of course. And, iconic. and the backdrop exactly. Yeah. That was so iconic. Like yeah. you'd see these photos, these live photos and you're like, "Where is that?" and then it just became its own thing. Pre I
1: Instagram, oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, pre yeah, Instagram was. for
3: sure. Like I probably had like a disposable camera there, yeah, taking photo prints.
2: And it would so many Instagram moments or just photo friendly moments Could that you I didn't imagine really
1: if Instagram existed when <laughs> <laughs> like these these crazy spaces and like I don't know all these like underground kind of venues and parties like the shit people would be like. And I,
3: yeah <laughs> and I wonder if stories. some of them would have existed the way they did if people were able to document them as o- overly document them as people do these days like I wonder if some of these parties became exclusive and had that reputation mm-hmm. because it did people didn't know what they looked like, mm-hmm. so there was mm-hmm. that mystique
2: and you really can't have that these days I yeah mean, exactly. you hear of these artists that try and shut down the whole camera thing it shows mm-hmm. and and whatnot or like. People trying to take photos at a Broadway show. People have no respect anymore, I feel. Not to like, (laughs) but people just don't get it, Yeah, you know? Yeah. I mean, I was at, I very, very rarely go here, but I was at um, the Met about a year ago, and people were trying to take photos during the opera. I'm like, (laughs) really? (laughs) Like,
1: chill, you know?
3: Yeah, I think there's... I Granted,
2: mean, I was in the cheap seats. I'm sure the people in the expensive seats weren't doing that. Just <laughs> Google
1: a photo yeah, I mean, it. really, Like, no one's going to know you didn't take it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
3: Well, so then that probably explains the rise of, like, the party photographer mm. back in the day, yeah, right? Because yeah. you had Cobra Snake and you had all these, like, mini pseudo-celebrities yeah. because they were the ones taking the photos that you'd see on the blogs on Monday at work. We That's true. They were
1: like exactly. like behind or the side. scenes or like capturing all the drunk moments. It's yeah. true.
2: I remember actually when I would go to Miss Shapes, I would wait because it was, it was on Saturday night. I believe oh, I Miss would Shapes. wait till Monday yeah. to see like if the photographer included me in the edited gallery. For sure, <laughs> in my whatever ridiculous shirt I was it's wearing like or blazer. Paparazzi. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: To look yeah like you were in Enemy magazine. Exactly. Something. That was, exactly. that was the key to getting photographed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. So Glasslands was fantastic. Yeah. Um, what was it? 285 Kent was mm-hmm. around down the block mm-hmm. and yeah. Um, man, even Trash Bar, I'll say, mm. had some fun shows. But then it when. went to trash. And then yeah, it, yeah, w- yeah. Uh, it was always trash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah l- cool trash.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I never liked it as Trash Bar, but I think it was just I don't know, the programming or some I don't know, something about it. Um yeah. But, you know, but I'm Partial because I was, you know, really into it as Lux. Mm-hmm. So it was mm-hmm. sure. like right everything after Lux, it was just terrible there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand it. Um, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I can't believe that's gone now. And Now it's uh, a no barbershop?
3: Idea. Oh, is it? Either that or is it a boxing gym?
1: <gasps> that's what it is. I Wish knew it was, was like a like,
3: B. <laughs> well, that makes sense. Wow. <laughs> wow.
1: That so random. So random. <laughs>
2: yeah, so and the old Glassland space is now Vice is for the vice, last few years.
3: Yeah, yeah. Ironically, which I've worked at. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which had some good times there too. Mm-hmm. So uh, full circle. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah,
1: yeah I mean Vice parties, they were like a thing. Are they? Are they still a thing? Do they still have parties? I don't get
3: invites. I mean, I'm sure they know. still do, but <laughs> not sure. But yeah, and even like. Um, well, that was all in Brooklyn, but, like, in the Lower East Side. So I was walking there a few weeks ago, and it's just, I know this is obvious, but it's unrecognizable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, the days of, like, walking down Ludlow, and you'd do all your stops. You'd yeah, hit yeah. pianos. You'd hit cake shop. You'd keep going. You'd go to darkroom. Mm-hmm. you do all the stops along the way.
1: Oh, my God. Darkroom.
3: Darkroom. Yeah. <laughs> That was one of our oh yeah I like favorites. going to dark I room I mean for,
2: for some reason I don't know it's why like Coke Ram
3: yeah <laughs> <laughs> I just remember the, D the it always had a really sought after DJ yeah. spot and they'd have like you know singers from known bands do mm-hmm. that's true it
1: was very hip. yeah spots
3: yeah. there and and then what was the other bar on that street um,
1: pianos
3: uh, uh, no it was just a bar it wasn't a venue. Oh, I can't remember. It was near Katz's. It was like near almost across Katz. from Katz's.
2: Uh, the pink something, rather? No. No?
3: Um, it was like a name. Like a person's name. I don't remember. The only
2: thing I can think of with the person's name over there is Arlene's Grocery, which is definitely not what you're talking about. No.
3: Man, I played Arlene's Grocery before it was total <laughs> not <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh, but I loved that space, though. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. idea of Arlene's Grocery. I mean, mm-hmm. the Strokes... Played some of their first shows at Arlene's Grocery, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it definitely had its moment.
2: I don't think it has much cred these days. Not yeah,
3: not these days. unfortunately.
2: Yeah.
1: Sometimes I, I see like comedy shows there, and I'm like, is there some sort of like Arlene's Grocery revival, or like they'll be like the random shows there that you know? Yeah, you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> I know? mean, it's still. It's, it's now s- part of Col- uh, New Colossus Festival. Oh yeah, yeah oh, sure, so yeah,
3: which. I mean, you, you guys tell me we're kind of skipping ahead here, but that reminds me of, like, playing CMJ Festival. Of course.
2: Yeah, yeah. We had Leo in here a couple episodes ago, and yeah. we were talking about New Colossus and how it compares to CMJ and how it compares to South by and how it compares to Northside. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, you know. But I got to say, it's, it, for me, it's exciting that there's something brewing, you know, because yeah. I think for a few years there was really nothing going mm-hmm. on here.
3: Mm-hmm. And especially after Northside kind of folded, yeah. Northside Festival. I love that Leo and and Stephen Matrix and mm-hmm. those guys, like, are trying to revive that mm-hmm. sort of CMJ spirit. Because mm-hmm. that was so fun. That was, I remember, like, doing features for your blog mm-hmm. and, like, catching all these British bands that we w- were dying to see. And you see them in these tiny rooms that were still, like, cutting edge, like, pianos was packed every. Yeah,
2: and you see, like, Friendly Fires before they went on to play rooms that were ten times exactly. the size, you know. Yeah. yeah.
3: You'd see, like, Twin Peaks play to, like. 50 people, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they crowd surf to the bar. Uh, right, right, right. wild.
2: No, I, I miss that in, in some sense, even though I don't go out as much as I used to, as we've all, you know, been thinking about recently, the last few years, but I do miss the element of just kind of walking in and stumbling upon something, and then kind of, you know, back in the day, getting the CDR, yes. <laughs> or like actually talking to the artist, and then kind of developing a friendship, and then organically writing about what you enjoyed, and that's gone i feel you know
1: yeah i don't know like it's it's like a different i I like that they're trying to like feature bands that are like emerging or up and coming whatever the term (laughs) is these days yeah you know um and uh like i think that i hate like the festivals that have become so commercial that it's just like it's like Kanye is gonna be playing at this festival or it's Beyonce or yeah. something mm. and you're just like
3: or like the VIP what packages. oh yeah, yeah VIP yeah. packages right
1: uh, well yeah. a
2: lot of times I don't feel like they're catering to fans of music they're catering to people that want to get photos at the show or just yeah we, yeah <laughs> <laughs> that term is yeah yeah <laughs>
1: Well, it's about money. Yeah, it's about know? money. And yeah. so, like, if you're trying to get sponsored or something, like, and you want, like, big money, then you have to have a big name. So then, yeah, they're just going to get all these, like, freaking mainstream artists that don't need to be playing, like, South by Southwest or, like, right. <laughs> you know. But I get it, you know? It's like a business. So it's like, I respect it for that. But I'm always, like, seeking something with a, a little bit more curation and like discovery because that's what i like liked about going mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to like festivals and yeah seeing the random man i love like falling in love with like a new man yeah
3: agreed i mean
1: i
2: think also the element of when you're seeing an act and there are you know x amount of people in the room and it's not a large number and you kind of take ownership over the band like mm-hmm. oh mm-hmm. i r- mm-hmm. remember back in the day i haven't listened to this band in a long time but like bird monster they were one of the mm-hmm. buzzy blog bands familiar. ages ago yeah but um i remember seeing them at maybe opening for someone at mercury lounge and i was like oh i love them and then i like devoured it all and yeah. then you know
1: like the bands you go to the front yeah oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah you know definitely I
1: mean?
3: <laughs> so i know that like one of the many things we bonded over back then was like seeing the british buzz bands before they were big in the u.s exactly and well you've
2: always been a follower of like enemy and all the buzzy uk stuff and i mean i was very into it at one point and then not as much these days but um yeah i would always love when there would be like a band that is getting wild right attention overseas and then they come here and it's
3: yeah, you know, and you'd get, you'd be able to get the tickets because you were reading about them in NME. Like, yeah, I re- always remember seeing Arctic Monkeys—not to age myself—but <laughs> on their yeah. first U.S. visit, and they played Mercury Lounge, mm-hmm. and I was like front row with the disposable camera <laughs> or the digital camera, whatever yeah, yeah. it was. And uh, you know, they're just covered in acne, <laughs> and they're playing these punk songs. Yeah, and I always remember that it was like the way I always want to remember them.
2: I remember I must have saw them on the next, when they came back a couple months later, and Mm -hmm. they played Webster Hall, and everyone was jumping up and down. It felt like... I think I was at that one, too. It felt like a trampoline. (laughs) It was scary, actually. (laughs) Yeah, the old Webster before it was all remodeled and whatnot. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You still read all those UK publications?
3: Well, it's funny. I mean, I miss the days when you would go to Barnes & Noble or wherever, and you'd get the physical copy Mm -hmm. of Enemy or... uh, magazine yeah. or whatever and that's i would read those were like my bibles i would find out about all these new guitar bands and i would just follow them you know religiously and watch their trajectory you know i'll occasionally still check like enemy.com mm-hmm. they'll have some well it's digital only now right It's digital only now and they also feature a lot more on like film and you know branded stories obviously mm-hmm. too drive traffic mm-hmm. but uh you know still read the radar column the new music mm-hmm, mm-hmm. follow that spotify obviously is now i guess you'd say that's the new way to is it i guess so to discover like i mean for lots of people yeah. new bands and stuff mm-hmm. yeah i mean we could get into the whole cd discussion too <laughs> I'm, I'm super old school in the sense that i wish there were still a need for cds i loved the CD format. Mm-hmm. It was just so fun. I mean, vinyl's great. CDs were hilarious because they would charge, the stores would charge an arm and a leg for this piece. Oh, yeah.
2: Especially if you went to, like, a Sam
3: Goody or something yes, when they in charge the mall. you the full price. I worked it's at like, one of those oh, in high you? school. Oh, did you? Yeah. And so, like, you... <laughs> like, 17.99 <laughs> like
2: for the new Pearl Jam n- album? Yeah, exactly. You like, know. the
3: new U2 <laughs> record would come out and it would be like, 19.99 <laughs> on sale. And you're like, <laughs> okay, all my allowance. Uh, it, it was just a... It could only have existed in that moment in time. Yeah. Before, like, MP3, before mm-hmm. Napster, all that stuff. And it was just such a... You. It forced you to listen to the record. You put it in your car, mm-hmm. CD player, or you were lucky enough to have a six-disc changer in the trunk. <laughs> and you'd carry around, you'd curate yeah. those uh, books, those yep. CD books, yep. those binders. I could
2: almost hear the pages turning yes. as you're saying that.
3: <laughs> and that was, like... That was the, uh, you know, that was such a cool way to share music. You'd go on road trips. And then, you know, obviously the Burn CDR mm-hmm. mixtapes. I had a whole book just of mix CDs.
2: And we always ask this question. Were you more of the person who would make the CD mixes for other people? <laughs> or did you receive them? Or was it... what? Uh, and did you discover a lot that way? or?
3: or yeah, it was kind of 50-50. Um, I was pretty shy at the time in like middle school high school so i was like music was a great way to like make friends and share you know find common interests like oh you like oasis i love oasis great we have something to talk about at Mm -hmm. lunch or whatever but you would uh yeah you'd you'd curate these these cds and you'd discover all kinds of stuff oh you think that's great Check this mm-hmm, out! Mm-hmm. or Oh yeah, this album's good, but their first one was better. And you're like, oh, I haven't heard that yet.
2: I feel like back in the day too, because CDs were so expensive, mm-hmm. um, and because uh, I feel like all three of us were so hungry for, you know, new music yeah. in some sense. Yeah, it was much pricier to collect than nowadays. Where I, when I buy vinyl, I'm very selective because it's a heavy price <laughs> yeah. tag. But back then, I would be like, I need the new Super Hog album right. or whatever, yeah. or you know, Oasis or. Um, I mean, anything 90s that I had, you totally. know, this fair. I just, and then those really added up because it wound up being $17, 18 $19 a pop,
1: you know? I mean, you kind of, like, also get it for, like, this. what do you call it, the CD insert, you yeah, know? Yeah, the, like the, the booklet. The yeah. booklet. Oh, I yeah, yeah, You yeah. wanted I to, to, like, open booklet. it up and, like, see what's included and what they said and, like. Yeah. All that stuff and the artwork and, like, and I the, don't yeah, know. The,
3: yeah, the lyrics. Reading, I love yeah. reading the lyrics mm-hmm. if they included them. And then mm-hmm. sometimes the band was more mysterious and you'd open the booklet. It was just, like, a photo of them. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Really yeah. What I wanted, but that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: I also remember um, the, the art of the secret track. Yeah, We talked about yes. this when we reviewed. Um, was it Nevermind had a secret track? I think so. Was it?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. At the and end. Green
2: Day had a secret track on mm-hmm. Dookie. Yeah. Yeah. But I remember some people would, like, bury it at, like, track 75. You had to wait um, a
3: long period of silence. You're
1: just, like, skipping on your, like, (laughs) Walkman. Like, (laughs) like, next, next, Uh, (laughs) nothing.
3: Yeah. Oh, the Walkman. Mm -hmm. Uh, I loved. Well, not the Walkman. Discman. 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 I mean, I had a Walkman, too. But Discman was great because you were like, I am the coolest person. I have a Discman. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I had a bright
2: yellow one. Yeah, mine was
3: bright I like blue. Oh, like the
1: sports one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <Right>? sporty.
3: <laughs> yeah, no, they, that was like instead of iPhones, you had like who had the coolest Discman of the yeah, time. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, and that was Over the, the head thing. headphones, mm-hmm. no earbuds. hmm. Oh, yeah. It was It was great. Listen to them on planes, mm-hmm. bring your Discman on your carry on. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Sure. But I also loved uh, this is sounds strange, but the smell of the. Um, the paper? The paper, mm-hmm. like, with the print on it. Like, it always smelled like it came right on the I don't think the that's printing. weird. Yeah. I, uh, it's, like, a very nostalgic, yeah. like, kind of uh, memory of, of that. Yeah. Kind of like if you were opening, like, a pack of uh, baseball cards or something. Mm-hmm. Opening the jewel case, which varied depending on where you got it from. Best Buy ones were easier to open with the... With the little sticker that held Oh, it we didn't closed. even talk
2: about the cellophane. You what a mess to open a CD back no, in the day. some <laughs> of them had.
3: They started doing these little pull tabs, remember? Oh, yeah. And then you could just pull that wrapper right off. But some of them were, like, really in there. Oh, I, it
2: would drive <laughs> me bananas.
3: Yeah.
1: Did you ever save, like, if they had, like, a sticker on the cellophane? Yeah, if like, it was, like, oh. limited edition. <laughs> yeah, I, like, said something. No, really. To, like, some, I
3: remember some record labels, they would actually design design it. So, like, maybe a... Arxy Monkeys record did this where like the sticker was kind of part of the album art in a sense but it okay. was it was on, but top it was on of the, the, the cover plastic. yeah exactly oh. and then the cover was like more minimal but because the sticker was on it it had like their l- their band name or something okay it, you know so that was like almost part of it the mm-hmm. whole packaging uh, the whole process of buying a CD was so fun yeah Going to my locals in Boston. I'm from the Boston area, so Newbury Comics was mm-hmm. like my oh yeah. and Tower Records too. Yeah, Tower. Mm-hmm. And in New York, Tower Records. Man. Yeah, I would go to that import bin and just dig through. I the was imports. just going to mention
2: the import singles, oh which man. were so expensive. And when you think about it, for like ten, twelve dollars for one song in the B side,
3: mm-hmm. you know.
1: Sometimes mm-hmm. they're so much cooler. Yeah, though, you know, like. Well,
2: they seem really special when you actually <coughs> had one because they were hard to find in some cases.
1: And sometimes, like they release um, like a different cover, you know, mm-hmm. in like a foreign country than in like the U.S. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like one of the bands we'll talk about later. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. For sure. Exactly.
3: <laughs> and I yeah. was like we said, like I loved all the British buzz bands ever coming out. So a lot of times you could only find the singles, mm-hmm. you know, like the new editor's single, or the Kooks, or mm-hmm. whoever, mm-hmm. Franz Ferdinand, like mm-hmm. just going to that import section was so exciting, because it was kind of traveling without traveling. Exactly, abroad, yeah, know? yeah, yeah,
2: and it had that little sticker that said say, med- Made in England, Yeah. that was like on a price tag. Yeah, and, and, and it sticker. felt like...
3: <laughs> it was so special to hold that, because you were like, this has come all the way from yeah. over there, and <laughs> now I'm going to listen to this great band.
2: But then how much fun can you have with it if it's seven or eight minutes long, and you already True. know one of the songs well? True. You know? <laughs> well, then you'd
3: add it to uh, you know a mix CD, yeah. and then you know before you knew it, you had a pretty awesome import CD. Yeah,
2: yeah. D- have you kept any of them through the years, or are they all gone? I'm
3: sure a bunch of them are still at my parents' house mm-hmm. in their basement. Um, I'm pretty organized when it comes to my CD collection, mm-hmm. my record collection. So I remember packing that all out before they were cha- moving houses. And so I had to sort of, uh, pack up the old r- childhood bedroom. And I mean, I don't even know the number of CDs that I had immense amounts of CDs, <laughs> but I like organized, I alphabetized them. I labeled all the boxes. So one day I hope. To have enough money to live <laughs> in a place where I have an extra room or wall where I can just put the library back in place. Okay. You know? Turn it back into the record store that I used to uh, love going to.
2: I remember in college I had one of those um, display CD. where you just put the actual CD in it. It didn't have room for anything else. Sure. And you'd hang it on the wall and it'd be like its own art. They were oh, trying yeah. to do that in like the late 90s,
3: early 2000s. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: They'd sell it at like Urban Outfitters.
3: Totally. And you'd see in a lot of uh, 90s movies, too, like the hip person's bedroom would have like cool ways to display their CDs. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> no, I, I remember like, like vinyl, you know, like people using that as I also
2: framed I vinyl back CDs. in the day before I played. Uh, it. Vinyls
3: are, I feel like, have always been cool, but there was such a distinct period of my memory that was only when CDs were like the rage and everyone was like, the audio quality is so.
1: Yeah. like <laughs> I love that you want to bring back the CD <laughs> because no one else is going to do it, yeah. So, you know, like, the sets came
3: back, <laughs> you know. Maybe at some point, people will be like, Oh, this is funny, I can use it as a coaster, and I can also, <laughs>
1: yeah, right? multiple uses. Rough
2: Trade still sell, Rough Trade and Williamsburg still sells still CDs. Sells in fact, they have like two rows full of CDs. That's wild because
3: who the heck buys two those? whole rows, yeah, no, really. Like, <laughs> What person in the like <laughs> <Isles. laughs> <laughs> I would love to know. You'll have to ask Leo. Yeah, I but, will. Uh, who buys CDs today in two thousand nineteen? I don't know. I don't know.
1: Like older people, probably.
3: Yeah, that's true. So maybe like Adele fan.
1: Like people yeah, who yeah, still yeah. have like CD drives on their computer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is very rare. It's
2: there rare. are certain genres that still sell more CDs to this day, but it's very few, like jazz. Yeah. And classical.
1: Sure, because mm-hmm.
3: that I think that genre still uh, benefits from different
1: excuse medium. old. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, usually,
3: yeah. but yeah. I mean, DVDs too. I bought so many DVDs because I'm a big movie fan too. But that whole disc culture. Oh, there's a new band. Not to go to the new music. Yeah, yeah, but there i just saw this the other day remember the logo of the compact disc yes mm-hmm. it was a very distinct font yeah and it was kind of like housed in a rectangle mm-hmm. yeah so there's a new band called disc and oh, it's God. with a q and <laughs> it's the same logo but just with a q so it's you know compact disc but and how old are good. the guys oh, that they're 17 like, they're probably like <laughs> right out of high school or something <laughs> into, uh, it sounded pretty good, but, I, you know, just for the visual factor of it, I was like, see
2: In general, whenever I see uh, kind of tying that into 90s fashion now, a lot of the kids that are, you know, 20 and under, Gen Z, yeah. are wearing a lot of 90s-inspired fashion with Manic Panic and the torn jeans at the knee and yep. everything else. A lot of piercings are coming back. and Doc Martens mm-hmm.
1: Martens, very trendy right now. Yep. It's
2: strange to me because they weren't alive when it was a hit the first time around so that (laughs) it's just very interesting yeah yeah
1: it's all it's all
3: cyclical right yeah my mom always said like fashion is totally sick she worked in wardrobe and stuff so it was always cyclical like she couldn't believe like this trend was coming back and then she's like oh hang on to that because your champion sweatshirt will be worth something one day no <laughs> she didn't say and that. it's back i wish <laughs> yeah. she said that champion is back i had yeah. like a hundred champions all the different color champion sweatshirts but yeah. you know got rid of them because they're all like yeah. huge on me and old and now you put that on ebay they're like i know hotcakes
2: and that what was that brand of like windbreaker type uh, jackets like and the members only and all that kind of oh, stuff yeah, all yeah. sure mm-hmm.
3: definitely <laughs> and the well yeah and the fanny pack thing that's a wow. couple years now in yeah the making but that cracked me up though because fanny packs were so uncool for oh so long God. and we all had them yeah and it was very helpful to like hold all your <laughs> your stuff on vacation but yeah. then it was never like a fashion
1: well, and it's back now. now it's yeah. back they call the them buckle bags yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to make it a little exactly. less goofy, yeah. you yeah. know, yeah. It's so like more sophisticated. If you call it a buckle bag.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and then in the UK, that would be like a funny term of fanny pack, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Remember the band fanny pack? Yeah, and then the band. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh yeah,
3: definitely.
2: But I remember watching um, going back to Oasis when they put out the video for Champagne Supernova, and I was super into them at mm-hmm, 15, mm-hmm. and Liam, I believe in the video, is wearing these Adidas Sambas, and I was like, I need those shoes, <laughs> like indoor soccer <laughs> shoes. Yes. And then I wound up buying them, and I was—I mean, I saved up to buy them. I would wear them and like prance around high school, like yeah. So I mean, I don't know. Even it just—it's interesting that even when you don't realize you're being affected by what the visuals you see yeah. as a kid, yeah, it kind
3: of seeps in. It imprints know? on you for sure.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, I wanted to be like so many cool rock chicks <laughs> yeah. like so badly you know um, But so like I, I feel like but I feel like it was like different you know like it was like that like kind of you know I wanted to be at like Kim Gordon or Bjork or like mm-hmm. you sure. know like you know like these kind of like not you know as well known although Bjork is pretty well known but like you know artists and like these days it's so like pop culture everyone's mm-hmm. like so and I like they want to be like different people mm-hmm. so i don't mm-hmm. get it as much yeah but
3: it's more blended i think the, these days like it's all sort of integrated that's true genres are more fluid mm-hmm. everything's more fluid i mean everything cool. in
2: general i feel like is a little more fluid yeah
3: yeah
1: it's a good point i think maybe that's the differing yeah. factor mm-hmm.
3: definitely i think art and fashion and music and it all sort of just
2: and i think the internet is also obviously a of big course Part of it, I was in Berlin uh, two months ago, and quote-unquote, the hip culture here and the hip culture there, everybody looks exactly the same. You wouldn't be able to tell, necessarily, where someone's from based on what they're wearing, whereas I feel, years back, you would be able to tell, you know?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: All kind yeah. of blends. Yeah,
1: I mean, hipster fashion definitely populated into, like, mainstream culture. Yeah. became, mm-hmm. like, a style, mm-hmm. you know? It's kind of weird.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, the mixtape, uh, before the CD version... Yes. Definitely remember the cassette version, mm-hmm. though. Because that was how... I would listen to the local radio stations in Boston. And <laughs> that
2: record button with the red period on it? Yes. Like <laughs> yeah. I had my
3: <laughs> Iowa sound system uh-huh. with the dual cassette decks. Oh, fancy. And... I, for, you know, however long the show, the radio show was on, I was like my own DJ, and I would try and catch it, you'd try and record it, Mm -hmm. before the the intro, that was like the big challenge, (laughs) because then you're like, crap, I missed like the first 15 seconds of the song, but then you'd make mixtapes, and that was like the ultimate,
2: Mm -hmm.
3: I mean, if you gave your friend or significant other a mixtape. That, oh yeah, it had meaning to it. Yeah. That's real special. Mm-hmm. I mean, mixed CDs are awesome too, but because you could like write on them with Sharpie. But mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> no, but a mix—if you gave someone a mixtape as a teenager, it was like I got a crush on you. Mixed not tapes, necessarily, but in a lot well, of cases, they were
3: just special, regardless of yeah. You know, I gave like my little brother mixtapes, mm-hmm. and uh, he didn't know what to make of them, but he thought he was. He was like, "Do you have a crush on me?" (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it was brotherly love. (laughs) It's funny because, like, he, I introduced him to like more indie rock Brit Mm. bands, and then he would introduce me to like emo bands. Like, he introduced me to uh, Blink One Eighty Two. I see. Uh, Those he's a couple years younger, right? Yeah, Yeah. he's three years younger than me. But it was a great sort of like trade off because, you know, I'd listen to wfnx in boston Mm -hmm. and they were like groundbreaking and uh, indie they were such Mm tastemakers like i heard super drag for the first time Mm -hmm. on that channel Mm -hmm. and i was obsessed Mm -hmm. like where would you hear this band Mm -hmm. from the middle of the country Mm -hmm. um and yeah and they would uh they were they would they were curating my musical education Mm -hmm. for a long time
2: Yeah, for me too. I mean, the radio stations here. I mean, I grew up in Brooklyn and it was before Z100 was pop. Mm -hmm. When in the 90s, it was, you know, alternative stuff. When you put it on, it would be Weezer Smashing Pumpkins, uh, you know, um, Tracy Bond and whatever. Sure. You know? Yeah. Um, So, yeah. And all I knew was pretty much like the radio. You know, it wasn't until I got to college that my taste expanded, as we've discussed on the podcast. But like, my taste as a teenager until like, 1718 were almost entirely dictated by z100 and (laughs) i guess mtv
3: it's interesting i wonder how much we're shaped by geographically the radio stations that we grow up with
1: Mm -hmm. oh definitely you know it's like different everywhere
3: yeah like i wonder if you know kids who grew up in portland or portland oregon or wherever like if their tastes are skewed yeah, a I mean, way, right? I feel
2: like a top forty station now mm-hmm. will, will play, you know, Ariana Grande, Rihanna, mm-hmm. Beyonce, the same X amount of artists. But I feel like it wasn't always the case that every single radio station played the exact same alternative music yeah. based on the which it, was the so market exciting. The market's changed it up a little bit. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Uh, right. So, like, I'd find out about all these local uh, Boston or New England bands, and then you'd branch out and they'd do like this special show about like what's going on in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. And then you'd hear about all these other bands that you wouldn't physically be able to see at a show, but you felt like you were discovering something new, which mm-hmm. was always exciting. <laughs>
2: So, where do you discover stuff now? What do you read online and, I- if anything, in Man, print?
3: I wish uh, this blog, A Heart Is a Spade, was still around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I love that one. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, like we were saying, I mean, Spotify is kind of like the new music discovery. I still read like Consequence of Sound or. Um,
2: They've kept it going for a while now. Yeah, I maybe
3: Stereo Gum a little bit, but. Uh, You know, I still check out Mm NME.com, and um, I don't know. It's more, it's all just integrated. Like, I work in media. I work in TV and branded content, so I might hear something in a commercial or people are talking about this band that's in this campaign. Mm -hmm. So it's all different ways now that you could stumble on it.
1: Mm -hmm. I feel like, for me, it's like social media. Yeah, I was going
2: to say the same. If I see a lot of people tweeting about, a, re- a certain album review or anything. Be like, oh, everyone sure.
1: was at this show last night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> <You> yeah. <know? laughs> like, yeah. And there'll always be, like, a little clip of it, and you'll be like, oh, they're kind of cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: Well, how much do you guys trust the Spotify algorithm to, like
2: I, – I have to say, I mean, I obviously use Spotify, but I don't use it a ton. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. I don't trust the, I don't trust the algorithm at Are all. Are you Apple
3: Music? What do you No, use? no, I use Spotify, oh, but, okay. I mean,
2: kind of reluctantly. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Just because of how they screw over the artist, mostly. Yeah, you know? I hear
3: you. I, I held out on the streaming thing for a while. It's mm-hmm. just because, you know, I love the analog vibe, too. But there are some good things in in terms of, like, music discovery that Spotify is, mm-hmm. is helpful for. So, like, for. it
1: recommends it to you? Yeah, if
3: you like this artist or they'll, uh, based on your listening, you know, preferences, they'll make your weekly uh, playlist or...
1: Oh, I've never like clicked on that actually oh, you <laughs> that. Yeah. You I'm gonna try test it, it now yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> not, always, like, it's
3: not always great, but every once in a while, every like three or four times, you'll discover something mm-hmm. kind of interesting on it.
2: I think also for me, recently, I've been in such a throwback mood because of this podcast and mm-hmm. because in general, uh, a lot of new stuff doesn't impress me sure that I've been revisiting older things, so I haven't been s- seeking out newer stuff, yeah, you know which
3: is totally cool. I'll always you know be comforted by the uh the throwbacks but it is kind of fun to find stuff that is definitely in your wheelhouse like stuff that reminds you of the bands you loved
2: mm-hmm.
3: that maybe isn't trendy per se or on the radio but it's still there are still acts out there doing like i love guitar music mm-hmm. so discovering that new guitar band that is not popular yet mm-hmm. but you know spotify just recommended it to me mm-hmm. so it's cool
2: um, one of the questions we were planning on asking you was about, uh, sort of bands that have broken up that you'd love to see reunited. Oh Cause yeah. Cause it's just. Well, you know what I'm going to yeah. say. I think I know what your number one answer is going to be, but I'm going <laughs> to wait till you say it.
3: <laughs> well, I mean, look, I would love, I got to see Oasis once mm-hmm. while they were still Oasis and I would love to see them again. I've seen, uh, Noel solo, which is great. It's not quite mm-hmm. the same thing i would i would be front row if i if they ever uh, reunited and then um what else like the original block party lineup would be really cool
2: so they did do a reunion but it wasn't no but it wasn't the original guys i guess well, that's it was kelly saying. and other rando people i guess yeah,
3: yeah that would be really cool um i saw the misfits um, oh that's cool a couple of years ago mm-hmm. which was fun um, it was that a big space though no, yeah, Was that it was at MSG? At like, that was at Riot Fest in, Oh Riot uh, Fest In Chicago mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Danzig was like uh, Breathing very heavy In between <laughs> <schools>. songs. <he's laughs> like, Can you keep up <laughs> With the Misfits <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh,
2: poor it's guy. like Alright
3: keep doing yeah, it Yeah people but must have been Losing their minds so. I heard the um, The Madison Square Garden show Was really good Yeah I heard it was good so, too you know Stuff like that Is really fun to see mm-hmm. Uh Man, R.I.P. Tom Petty, though. I, oh. heart, heartbreakers mm-hmm. would have been my number one. Mm-hmm. For sure. I
1: really <laughs> wish I saw Tom Petty before he Yeah, passed. I got to see him
3: once, luckily.
1: Mm. So lucky. Amazing. He's so cool. <laughs> Definitely.
3: But yeah, I'm still rooting for that Oasis reunion, for sure.
2: <laughs> what is the status? They hate each other still?
3: I think the last thing I saw was that... Uh, wait, was it... Liam was saying... I mean, look—they're famous also because of the music, but also because of that feud. Mm-hmm. Everyone loves that brotherly feud. So the latest is that Liam thinks that Noel is sabotaging him via Twitter or something.
2: Oh, doesn't don't they call each other potato heads or something? I don't know,
3: <laughs> but I think Noel was saying like Very the only mature. reason the Oasis reunion doesn't happen is because of. Liam's Twitter or something. I don't know what it was. Some I love
2: that they're kind of, well, maybe not null, but Liam is still a
3: child, I feel.
2: No? At heart. Yeah.
3: Yeah. That new solo record was not terrible, actually. Although surprised. when I saw
2: him do it live at sun, Summer Stage like a year or two ago, it was oh, not no, very good. No, no. No,
3: no. Well, again, I think it's like the bands that are ingrained in you at that point in time. I remember driving in the car with my dad in the Volvo station wagon and there was a Whatever year it was, 96 or 7, but literally flipping through every radio station, and Champagne Supernova <laughs> was on every single <laughs> station simultaneously. They
2: were huge here,
3: yeah. It was crazy.
2: It was a moment. Yeah. yeah. Shall we hop into our repeat skip segment?
3: Sure.
1: Yeah.
2: So, remind me again how does this work? Uh, So how it works is we introduce the album collectively, and then we just discuss our favorite and least favorite tracks, and and that's about it. And then, you know, certain memories attached to the record. Great. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we have some fun ones tonight. (laughs) I had fun kind of re-listening to these, actually. Me too. um, So the first one is The Strokes. Mm. Is This It? It's a pretty classic one. Classic. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and I feel like eventually we were gonna wind up here. I I'm had so look much up the fun. Track list
1: right now. 2001, quite a while ago.
2: I remember seeing the Strokes at 9:30 Club in DC a couple weeks after 9/11. Whoa. Were you at that show?
3: No, but that sounds amazing. Moldy Peaches opened. Of course. I
2: actually, to be perfectly fair, I mean, obviously, I knew them because they were getting all this attention, but I didn't know the album super well yet. Um, and then of course they blew up so huge after that. I and mean, they might have even played two nights. But pretty much they played all of Is This It? And that's it. No encore, no anything. It was like forty five minutes if that. Um, they were pretty great. I mean, that's I, one of my oh, ideas. they were yeah.
3: That was that was the great I mean The whole record is 11 songs in 35 minutes, Yeah, yeah. which is my favorite kind of record. And they're
2: not really much for stage banter, so it was right one to the next. And I
3: remember (laughs) I got to see them in Connecticut on that tour with Moldy Peaches, Mm -hmm. and they would end every show on that tour with uh, Take It or Leave It, Mm -hmm. and no encore, and they would just walk off stage (laughs) and be like, you're the coolest band in the world. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But I mean, every I'm just looking at the tracks now. Like every song was amazing.
1: I feel like this was a really solid album, and mm-hmm. that's why they got so huge so quickly. Mm-hmm. It was like it was a really good album, you and know.
3: Yeah, and that New York cool—they reinvented think. New York. They cool were one for of that. those
2: four, or five bands that really shaped that time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, Jen, what was your repeat?
1: Um. I was going to say hard to explain. Mm -hmm. Classic. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's just, like, catchy, and, you know, when I was, like, listening to it again, um, you know, it, like, does that, like, pause moment or whatever in the song, and I was just, like, I just, I don't know. I just love that. Mm -hmm, (laughs) Like, mm -hmm. when it kind of comes back in and just, like, continues on, and... I don't know. And then when he's, like, kind of more screamy, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just, I love that kind of tortured, <laughs> like, vocal thing <laughs> that uh, Julian Casablanca does. But, yeah. Um, or Trying Your Luck. I like that one, That's too. That's a good one, too. You know? I
3: mean, it's hard to pick a bad song. On this yeah, record. it was,
1: you know, exactly. What about you, Matt?
2: Um, I... I actually had a tough time narrowing it down uh, this time around because I feel like I also love "Hard to Explain" and I still would dance to that song mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. if I heard it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I also feel like if I didn't include "New York City Cops" as one of my favorites, oh, yeah. like kind on of that, have to on the
3: import, <laughs> the import version. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well,
2: actually, I I wanted to talk about that briefly that song in particular because they left it off the U.S. version yeah. because the album came out just after nine eleven. You will find it on right. Spotify. Yeah, Spotify's yes. there. <laughs> But when they put out the U.S. version, they changed the album cover, which is silly, because I guess the U.K. version was too raunchy for U.S. audiences because yeah. it had a booty. Yeah. <laughs> but um, they replaced it with trying your luck. Um, so But yeah, I love New York City Cops. And then I also love Take It or Leave It. So it, oh. this was, it was a tough one for me to kind of narrow down. But what I've noticed is that almost all of my favorites from this album are actually in the second half. So I don't know what that's about, but I feel like it's a good album in terms of building the momentum.
3: Oh, definitely. I mean, just looking at these song titles, they're all so good. And and also brings memories of, like, dancing at these mm-hmm. club nights, mm-hmm. you know, at Lit Lounge or mm-hmm. Miss Shapes or whatever. And Someday would come on and everything. Oh was yeah, someday their minds. Oh, yeah, Yeah, that was a great one, or, too. Or, that or one, I feel like, had a little more lightness to it. Yeah. Or, uh, like, Soma or,
1: mm-hmm.
3: you know, The Modern Age. God, mm-hmm. all of these...
1: I know, so every pretty much everything.
3: <laughs> I mean, yeah. and then last night just was like the indie yeah, dance yeah, yeah. floor hit of the mm-hmm. decade. Mm-hmm.
2: So every song's your favorite then? Well, <laughs> it's hard to pick one, but I think I would say... Uh, well, I pick three, which I usually try and narrow down. What's the one
1: down. song that you just like play over and over and over again?
3: I would say uh, Take It or Leave It.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, or, or I would go with Hard to Explain as well. One. So w- yeah. so we had a triple.
2: W- <laughs> we did this a couple episodes yeah. ago. Where we had the triple an- correct yeah. answer.
1: <laughs> Y'all have very good taste. <laughs>
3: I'm gonna listen to this record after we uh, wrap up tonight.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it's a good one.
1: It's so it's good for a commute. I'll yes. tell you that. Um, and
3: what's everyone's skip? Oh, Manka? that's just that's not fair though. We just established. <laughs> I feel like
1: you and I agree, Matt. What's
3: what wh- wh- what would you guys <laughs> skip?
2: Oh, for me, it's th- it's um. It's When It Started. Oh, so on yeah. the
3: U.S., right. So they replaced New York Cops with When It Started. When It Started. I think yeah. I
2: actually said that incorrectly earlier. I said it was a different track. I said Trying Your Luck. It was actually When It Started. Right? When It Started, yeah, right. Yeah,
3: yeah. Um, Which is still a pretty damn good song.
2: Yeah, but I feel like it doesn't fit with the rest for some reason. It's yeah. Yeah. I, I mean. meant to say When It Started Earlier. Sorry.
3: Yeah, I think I would agree with you. Or even it's maybe the first song, just because I want to get to the modern age. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, but it, you know, but it's I, all great. Yeah, you know, kind of sets it up a little bit.
3: No complaints with this record at all.
2: And our second record, shall we hop into that?
3: Let's do it. Um, <laughs> it
2: is the Hives' "Veni Vidi Vicious." Um, I feel like they, around the same time, they put this out, and then like the compilation of this album and the early singles, which I think was called "Your New Favorite Band." So I don't huh. remember if I had one or both. But they were out kind of simultaneously. Yeah, I
3: thought that this record was the greatest hits record. I mean, I, almost
2: all the songs are the same. So yeah. it's interesting. I mean,
3: just looking through these tracks, this plays like a greatest hits record. Mm-hmm. You have everything from Main Offender to Die All Right mm-hmm. to obviously, uh, I hate to say I told you so. hmm which is definitely my favorite. Even yeah, though I mean that's such a jam, the obvious single, but yeah, it's yeah. such a perfect, yeah, yeah, song. Uh, but even like Supply and Demand,
2: I love Supply and Demand. In fact, I think revisit my notes here. Yeah, um, <laughs> I put Supply and Demand. I also put Main Offender too, but I think Supply and Demand was my favorite. Was your favorite? Um, I saw. I have a good memory about the, of the Hives. Uh, also DC related. I saw them just after my 21st birthday at the Black Cat yeah. and oh, wow. I remember they had a clock on stage like a digital clock that had 40 like the number 45 on it <laughs> they pressed You know, on or whatever, and then they played exactly for forty-five minutes, and then they left. (laughs) Amazing! (laughs) Uh, And every single song was obviously like upbeat, fun, in your face. They were such an incredible live act. I haven't seen them in twenty gazillion years, but they were such a great live act. Amazing! I saw
3: them at Riot Fest the same year as the Misfits too, and they still had it. Mm -hmm. That they were just the the five of them looked totally different from one one each uh, from each other. Uh, physically, but, like, they were all in those suits, mm-hmm. and Pele, the singer, was just, like, doing his kicks, and, like, still had that I same love spark that they had from the onset. It was just like, crazy.
1: They're always fun. Like, you could always have a good time at a Hive show. Yeah. Like, incredible. Like, I love, like, how, like, they're just so committed to, like, the theatrical show that they put on. It and, was like,
2: kind of theater. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And like, you know, you're just entertained like the entire time and like everything's so fucking catchy Mm -hmm. and like, you know, and high energy and like so much guitar. Like, I don't know. It was just a good time. Yeah. Yeah. They were like Swedish uh, garage rock band, you know, like versus The Strokes or New York.
2: (laughs) Yeah. What was your favorite, Jen?
1: Um, my favorite was Main Offender, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but like, you know, it's just, uh, it's just very like what I like about them, their songs sound so familiar. So, you know, like they're kind of like a little probably like derivative or like maybe garage rock in general, just like all kind of sounds the same because it's so guitar heavy, but like, you know, there's. Just something about it that's just very familiar and catchy, and I mm-hmm. just like gravitate towards it. Yeah. And um, but all that you know like like, Micah, you said earlier like I hate to say I told you so. Like, you can't deny yeah, how of that was the song electric yeah. that song is. Mm-hmm. And like oh my if gosh. W- like w- you're that at a dance rope. party like and that song comes on like that you know the room's just gonna like erupt. Yeah. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. And. Yeah. and so, and I still like I was listening to it on my commute today and I was like I feel like I'm walking differently <laughs> 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 no one knows what I'm listening to <laughs> walking through the oculus but like <laughs> you know I was like oh it makes you feel like so different yeah you know like
2: a little pep in your stuff yeah, yeah.
1: no
3: it's a great band
1: what was uh your skip uh peoples
2: for me it was find another girl. F- yeah. Just that was kinda felt be like mine. it didn't
1: fit.
3: Properly. And I hate to hate on the ballad, the one ballad, but because uh, <laughs> it had that cool fifties like duopy mm-hmm. vibe. But come on, every other song is just like you're listening to the Swedish Ramones basically. Yeah. I mean every yeah. song
2: is like at most two and a half, two forty five. right? Yeah, I was just right?
3: looking the whole record, twelve songs in twenty seven minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yes.
2: Yeah.
1: I mean that's incredible, <laughs> but that's the thing is like they didn't like put in all the extra crap, <laughs> you know. Yeah. They just like right. gave you what you wanted, and then like, then it's over, you mm-hmm. know. And like that's why it was such a thrill like to see them because there was no like dull moment, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. They don't put put that excess like arty shit in there. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just like, no, they're just like wham bam. um, but yeah, I th- I actually said knock knock, but um, because it wasn't as like catchy well. as like all the other tracks. Um, but yeah, I agree that another girl doesn't fit at all. It's very tropical. Mm-hmm.
3: That's <laughs> true. I mean, it is a good song in its own right, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, there's so many great songs on that record. Yeah, yeah, very
1: um.
2: cool. We didn't do a kudos, but I was we typically do like one type shout out type thing but Mm -hmm. i was thinking maybe if you wanted to like expand quickly on um or not so quickly on newberry comics as like a spot where you found stuff we can give kudos to them
3: let's give kudos to newberry comics that's great so they is it a regional thing anymore is there one i think there was one in providence mall Providence Place Mall, that was as far as I knew it expanded.
2: They have it. a big online presence for like it exclusive for colored sure. vinyl and stuff. So it
3: was this great record store chain in the Boston area. There was one on Newbury Street in downtown Boston.
1: There's twenty eight locations, dude. I, Whoa, wow.
3: <laughs> I know there's some in like probably New Hampshire or like
1: Yeah, like Connecticut. Connecticut, Maine, okay. Yeah, so like New England. Massachusetts. A New England
3: chain. But man, that was that was that was my special trip. Uh, on the weekends in high school, I'd go in to Boston on the train and uh, you know just browse those CD racks and mm-hmm. the import section. And then if I was lucky enough, they'd have a, a live in-store performance. Mm-hmm. Like I saw uh, Travis perform acoustically in a Newbury Comics. Like, and then they'd sign the CD for mm-hmm. you after. It was just such a simpler. I know they still do signings now, but it just—it had such an innocence to it. Like yeah, you yeah. literally could just walk in, and you're like, "Great, now you get to see this band from England play for you in this tiny little record store." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I remember the the smell of the place. I remember the, you know, I th- had T-shirts from there with their logo on I it. I could
2: envision the logo. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Um,
2: the weird face. Yeah, <laughs> and I recently
3: actually. Good segue, but I went back to Boston to visit recently, and they have uh, the original location on Newbury Street has moved uh, a few stores up the block, so that old classic location that I would always go to... I'm afraid
2: to know what it is now.
3: I think it's empty, actually, but now they've moved it into a shinier three-floor version, Oh, Uh, and it kind of feels like a hot topic, but (laughs) the basement is all vinyl, which is cool, and they still have CDs... For whoever wants to buy them. But the greatest part is it still smells like Newbery Comics, mm-hmm. which is strange to me if you're in a brand new space. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, maybe it's just like the boxes that the, yeah. Yeah. the vinyl yeah, the comes the merchandise in or something. But yeah. uh, that'll be a memory I always hold dear, for sure. I mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: love that. Well, thanks uh, so much, yeah. Micah. Thank Guys, you. thanks for this having so me. This was
3: fun. a lot of fun definitely yes. thank you guys i give kudos to you guys for, <laughs> for having music blogs and telling me what was cool
1: yeah no this was a good time and lots of like crazy memories i don't know
3: our formative years
1: yeah, no. <laughs> and like it definitely brought me back to my 20s which yeah. is always fun yeah <laughs> but uh yeah no this was a fun one i really enjoyed it so awesome. we'll so, uh, catch uh, you yeah. next time.
2: On Mixtape Memories. Yay, bye. Bye.